0: Since we lost the bid, my personal view is... It's almost like the city's become stronger.
1: Whatever happened, whether we won or whether we lost, that actually the momentum carried on. So we may not do it all in 2021, but we're going to do it over seven years. And all of these amazing ideas that came out of the bidding process, we thought, no, we're just going to make this happen anyway. There's
2: a lot of cry out in Sunderland for a music venue. Is there any plans for maybe a music venue in Sunderland? The
1: new auditorium will have music every week. You're in a position of power and privilege as well, because you can listen to people, take their ideas ideas and make it happen. I think you're right, it is, a, it is a huge privilege. Some of the projects that I'm sort of most proud of absolutely
0: come from people's ideas in the city.
3: You're right that uh, a lot of things do come from conversations.
0: And this is exactly what I think the city needs and is looking for. The music people that's in Sunderland are immense and they follow up music with a huge passion. It will boom. I'm Stevie B.
4: He's a Macan.
0: And she's from South Shales.
4: And you are listening to...
0: Speak Up Sunday.
4: It's
0: been nearly um, two years since the opening of the fire station, which is like November 2017, uh, which is where we're recording from here live. Oh, it's all gone quiet. People are listening. <laughs> so can we have a big cheer for the fire station? Which I'm particularly proud of because I remember the fire station when it was an active fire station. I remember when it was a derelict fire station and it was sad to see it in such ruins. Now it is probably one of the best venues that we have in Sunderland.
4: So because there's lots of things happening in the city of Sunderland, we have the creative director of Sunderland Culture, the lovely and a fellow Ball, so she's fantastic, (laughs) Rebecca Ball. (laughs) Hello, my love. Hello. Are you okay? I'm very good. Thank good, you very I'm very much. pleased. Stevie, you're between two balls as has ever happened in your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you know what? We've lasted two minutes before she gets smutting somewhere.
4: <laughs> anyway, sorry, my love. Back to what we're doing.
0: There's been a lot of momentum going for the last couple of years, but do you want to tell us about what's actually going to be happening almost around the corner?
1: Yeah, so this bit of the fire station, as you said, opened about two years ago, so November 2017. But next on the car park, or what was the car park just next door, the builders have just started work on building a new venue, which will become part of this building. So whereas that is now currently a wall over there, it will be a doorway into an auditorium where there will be all sorts of things happening, music, dance, theatre, comedy, stuff happening every week. They are on site, they are building and we can't wait to see what it's going to do for the city. It's going to be brilliant.
0: So how did this, where did the idea come from?
1: So a brilliant man called Paul Callahan who founded an organisation called the MAC Trust and he is absolutely passionate about Sunderland. He loves the city. He's passionate about the city centre and about the future of the city centre and he believes that one of the things that's going to make the city centre really great is having more cultural and arts facilities in the city, more things for people to do. He loves music and the way he tells this story is that this building had been derelict for 20 years, I think. The fire station had been derelict for 20 years. Too long. He had a vision for it, that it could become this centre you know, it's, it's so in the city centre. It's such a brilliant part of the city. And he had this vision that this area could become a cultural quarter in the way that other cities around the, the world have developed cultural quarters. And he started to think, well, how can we make that happen? So he put a lot of time and energy and investment in himself, but he also went to others like the Heritage Lottery Fund and like Arts Council England and got people behind this idea, got other people in the city behind this idea and started to work on transforming this. And the first stage was this existing building, which is a beautiful building, and creating this into a cafe and bar and having dance studios and theatre studios upstairs and making that happen. And then the second part of his vision was to say right we need an auditorium we need an, an auditorium where we can put all of the things that can't currently come to the city you know the empire is an amazing amazing thing for the city and it has fantastic shows but it only gets your very big shows and what he wanted was a space where your smaller shows could come in where your, your local artists could perform where you could have a range of stuff going on that would complement the empire but add something new as well yeah so that's that's where it, it came from so it's like a kind of what is it like a ball of moss that, that kind of you know has just grown and, and more more, and more people have got behind it, the Arts Council's got behind it, Sunderland Culture was formed and, and got behind it. You know, it's, it's an exciting vision.
0: So it's kind of like the, the gap between what you can't do at the Empire, then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the Empire has these amazing big West End shows coming in. The new Fire Station Auditorium, I think will have much more music. So it'll have rock and pop gigs, jazz, folk, roots music, it'll have blues music. It's gonna have about 450 seats, so it'll have some reasonably big names, so but it's quite, not like quite the kind precise. of stadium gigs. Yeah. You know, there was a bit of a gap, I think, in something between those kind of amazing big things that happen at the stadium and then those amazing tiny little things that happen at some of our more you know the independent menus. It'll bridge that gap and then it'll have sort of smaller scale theatre so the stuff that might not go on the Empire stage but still will Mm. get a great audience and then Dance, I'm really excited about some of the contemporary dance, Dance City are working in this building at the moment so they'll bring some of the stuff that goes to Dance City in Newcastle currently, Live Theatre will bring some of the stuff that goes to Live Theatre in Newcastle currently, we're talking to Sage Gates about some of their programmes so I think it'll be a fantastic thing for the city and it'll really kind of fit in between that really big stuff and that really small stuff that we've been doing really well and kind of give us that that mid-scale stuff
0: but you talk about the capacity is going to be 450 yeah you seem almost apologetic about it but, but you also hear artists now even big established artists they love to do these intimate gigs yeah and you, and you hear them talking about like 100 people so this could be perfect Absolutely. For that activity, so
1: we it? can do we can take the seats out as well that's the other exciting thing about the new venue we can take the seats out and we can get 800 people in for standing events so that's a great great size that's a good number 450 seated so I think it's a really flexible space which is what we want and as you say some artists some quite big artists love performing to that size of audience so yeah I, I think it'll yeah I'm so excited about it's, it I just can't wait
0: it's really exciting isn't it
1: we
4: spoke about what's going to go in it i want to know what it's going to look like outside because you've revamped lots of old historical buildings which is amazing because we're making do with what we've got which is always fantastic but a little baby told me that you guys have hired the award-winning architect jason flanagan to design this building, who actually designed the Gatehead's very
1: well-known Sage? Is yeah. this right? <laughs> this is this is absolutely yeah. right. So, well done, good good knowledge. <laughs> uh, Jason Flanagan was the project architect on on Sage Gateshead with Foster's. The design is. Beautiful. So they wanted to create something that would complement the, the fire station, which is such a beautiful red brick building. So they've designed a building that it'll have a kind of glass front, but it'll have these terracotta strips, louvers, which kind of go, uh, go across it, yeah. so it'll match the bricks on here. It'll feel like a really beautiful modern addition. It's very modern, but it's got that terracotta, so it absolutely talks to the terracotta, not just on this building, but like elephant tea rooms and some of the other really beautiful buildings on the high street. So I think it will be absolutely stunning. We're so excited about it. It's got this kind of glass frontage, there's this terracotta features. It's a similar height to this building, but it's got a kind of concrete box inside it, which is what the auditorium will be built into.
4: Well, if you wanted to see a picture, right at the entrance of the fire station, there is one. Which me and Stevie have just had a good couple of selfies in front yeah. of. Is there any access to plans online or anything? So
1: on the Sunderland Culture website, yeah, there's, there's images on there. So, yeah, go on and have a look. Sunderland, which I'm devastated, just missed out on the
4: award for the City of Culture 2021, the Coventry. What? Anyway, mm. moving swiftly forward, that doesn't seem to have stopped us. Improving though, so has this come from the back of that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I was involved in that city culture bid. I worked yeah. on that seat culture bid. So I obviously share the the, the heartbreak around around that. <laughs> it was absolutely awful. But um, I think we always thought that. That bid was such an amazing experience, mm-hmm. and the kind of momentum and the way people got involved in it was so amazing that we just wanted to make sure that whatever happened, whether we won or whether we lost, that actually the momentum carried on. Yeah. So, to do that process justice, we needed to keep going. And shortly after we found out about the bid, we sort of thought, we're going to do this, but we, we may not do it all in 2021, but we're going to do it over seven years and we're going to make these changes. And all of these amazing ideas that came out of the bidding process, all of these groups that kind of wanted to get involved. We thought, no, we're just going to make this happen anyway. So, yeah, a lot of these projects were already in that city of culture bid and we're seeing them kind of come to fruition now, which is great.
4: How do you feel about seeing it from an idea on a piece of paper right to reality? Like, say, literally from that wall over there, it's happening. How does that make you feel?
1: It's amazing. It's one of the most brilliant things about the job that I'm incredibly lucky that I see these projects and you'll talk to people about an idea or something that, that feels... Extraordinary and exciting, and then you actually get to see it happen, and that's
0: like that's a season, brilliant. Watching a call, yeah, isn't it?
1: and it happens in all sorts of different ways. So it happens on big projects like the auditorium, you know, where it's a new building, but it also happens on smaller projects. So like artists saying, "I want to make this thing," I want to do this exhibition, or a community group saying, "You know, we want to set up this group," or every time it happens, it's still really special, whether it's a kind of massive, great big building or whether it's a project or a workshop or a children's program. It's one of the things of working in the creative sector. It's it's amazing. It seems
0: like it's, it's really going to open the doors to literally anybody that's involved in the art side of whatever Sunderland is, isn't it? Yeah. Whether you're a big star or you're a performer or an artist or a poet or whatever. Yeah.
1: We really hope that it'll be a venue that people really love. Mm-hmm. We want it to be welcoming and owned by everybody and a place where you can go and see your kid perform or you can go and see some amazing band. And I think that's our vision for it, is that it's really part of city life.
0: One of the things that I think we're proud of in Sunderland is the Empire but we've got venues like the Independent, the players' bands, but there's this gap in between. Like in South Shields, they've got the uh, amphitheatre, yeah. something. Customs this is House. Apps. Yeah. And this is exactly what I think the city needs and is looking for. It will boom. It will absolutely boom because the music people that's in Sunderland are immense, they're talented, and they follow music with a m- huge passion.
1: Yeah, that's and, brilliant to hear.
0: <laughs> and I think it will absolutely boom already, too.
4: Right, we've got it all, Rebecca. When's it going to be opening? Because it's just started, but when's the finish line? And when's the real finish line? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it should be open spring 2021. So it's about 18 months. Is that about 18 months? Yeah, yeah a little oh, bit under 18 months. Yeah. Not not long, long, is it? no. It's not long. It's not long. long.
0: You realise you've said this now and it's recorded. I
1: know, <laughs> and it's going out and it has to happen. But it they're on to... site, so they have to
0: do it. Have you actually approached any artists? Have you actually booked anybody? Because um, there must be a lot of interest with this already. There
1: is a lot of interest and Ooh, we're tell, t- drop we're names. talking to we're talking to a lot of people but we haven't actually booked anybody. Mm. Can you yet. name
0: drop
4: anyone? Uh,
1: no no, no. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> there's, there's some brilliant, brilliant local musicians who we really, really want to be involved Can we
4: name drop anyone?
1: <laughs> we haven't booked anyone yet, honestly. I would tell you if we had.
2: Hi. So my question is is that we've got the culture here uh, etc there's a lot of cry out in Sunderland for a music venue such as like Metro Radio Arena or it's changed its name now Utilita. Utilita. Um, so is there any plans for maybe a music venue in Sunderland?
1: So The auditorium, the the new auditorium, will have music every week. Rock and pop gigs at 800 standing, smaller seated, you know, jazz, blues, folk, roots... Happening in the city at about a 400 seat capacity, so that will really change the offer um, between that kind of small scale stuff that's been happening in the city, that's been absolutely brilliant, and then those, I suppose, if you like the kind of stadium gigs on the other side, where you've got 40,000 people going to see Beyonce or whatever. Yeah. So this is somewhere in in between, and that that's the thing at the moment is the big plan. As more and more stuff happens, there'll be opportunities for different types of it. You know, that's not going to solve everything. Yeah. And there'll be opportunities for different types of venues, but that's the one we're working on at the moment.
2: To start, that's the, the main thing. That's that, the yeah, it's yeah. a start, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
4: Right, so enough about the auditorium. I want to know about you, because your job as creative director of Sunderland Culture isn't something that you hear about all the time. So how on earth did you get to there? <laughs>
0: She's very theatrical. Do you not want to be on the auditorium? You could like, be, be a... Be here.
1: The woman's like, talking. Let's like go. A genie Let's go. Go, 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 go. How did I get to be creative director yeah. at Sunderland? That is an excellent question. Mm-hmm. I started working in Sunderland about six or seven years ago.
5: Are you um, from Sunderland? No,
1: I'm Where not from? from Sunderland. Well, I was born in London. Oh, right. But I've lived on the south coast in the Midlands, and then I married someone from County Durham. So then I moved up north. Yeah. Very nice. I'm here through love. I started working in Sunderland about seven years ago for something called Cultural Spring, which you might know about. It's a project that's been happening in the city for a long time and in and in South Shields as well, in South Tyneside, working out the Customs House and out of the University of Sunderland, building opportunities for people to get involved in arts and culture in the cities, commissioning some stuff. So they did some big projects like Little Inventors, that project which was working with kids to invent new oh, things. Oh, that's um, lovely. But also doing a lot of workshops, everything from ukulele to proggy mats to all sort of photography to all sorts of stuff. So that was a brilliant kind of introduction to the city. And then I worked on the City of Culture Bid. From there, at the same time as we were doing the City of Culture Bid, we were building Sunderland Culture as an organisation. There was a desire to try and see if there was a way of like levering more investment into the city, raising the profile of Sunderland's cultural sector, getting more opportunities for artists and creatives in the city and so we brought together the museum, National Glass Centre, Northern Gallery for Contemporary Arts Centre, Washington to sort of see if we could kind of run things together working with City Council, University and the MAC Trust and then I've ended up Yeah, but I love it it's amazing
4: it sounds like a (laughs) very interesting job but you also you're in a position of power and privilege as well because you literally have the power to change and some people will never get that and you can listen to people and take their ideas and make it happen so how does that make you feel
1: I think you're right it is a it's a huge privilege some of the projects that I'm sort of most proud of absolutely come from people's ideas in the city so one of the things we worked on recently is um, Mackie's Mackie's Corner Oh I love that place Yeah my colleague Laura Brewis ran and that absolutely came from people saying oh there's not enough places to show work in the city and we need some pop-up galleries you know as well as the amazing work that NGCA does but kind of we need some more sort of pop-up galleries so that came from there there's all sorts of things which come from conversations that you have with people that you think oh actually we could make that happen, we could make that happen. The more stuff that's happening, the more money we bring into the city, the more creative organizations, the more artists, I think the more opportunities will will come. You know, that it feels like there's some stuff happening in the city at the moment which is kind of game-changing. Oh, and yes. one of the things that we're always thinking about is you know, there's 600 or so creative graduates coming out of the University of Sunderland every year. And what we want is more and more of those people to feel like this is where I want to stay and build my build my career. This is where I want to be an artist. This is where I want to be a musician. This is where I want to be a graphic designer. And it's about creating that sense of a, a community, a critical mass, a, a really creative city.
4: Well, I definitely think... Investing 11 million in the auditorium is definitely a very good start.
0: <laughs> Since we lost the, uh, the bid, my personal view is, it's almost like the city's become stronger. It might sound like an odd thing to say, and I'm, and I'm really passionate about this. When we lost, it was like a dagger in the heart. I was really upset, and I wasn't really involved with it. But I've watched for the six months afterwards, right up to like now, and I think we've become a stronger city because of it. People have thought, we were this close, so we were this good, why shouldn't we continue? And people who didn't really have that passion, I think it's brought the passion out of them. Do you think that's, would you agree yeah, with
1: I think um, when we started working on the bid, there was, I think it's fair to say, quite a lot of cynicism yeah. in the city, it's probably fair to say that, about City of Culture. But as the process went on, And I think especially once Sunderland was on that shortlist and more and more people started to think about what it might bring to the city and what it might mean and that sense of confidence really, really grew and that sense of, yeah, we can do this. We can absolutely do this and it would be amazing. And you could, towards the end, like when the judges came to visit and all of that stuff, you could really feel that amongst, in, in the city. And I remember people saying at that point, You can't put it back in the bottle. There's that sense of people yeah. kind of wanting it and and I it's think that's it's out there yeah now, it? it's out there now and we talk a lot about uh, there's a phrase called like bounce back ability and that sense of like okay that was a not that was a bit rubbish King but like God. we're just gonna like no we're gonna keep doing it and and I remember also people talking about on the day people talking about you know well we've done everything else with belligerence and buttons so we're just gonna get this done as well you know who needs a title we're just gonna we're just gonna do it and I think that that sense of kind of the spirit of like well, you know, we don't need a title, we'll just do it anyway, It's really amazing. Yeah. And it's because there's some amazing artists, some amazing creatives, some amazing cultural people in the city who,
0: who just live that. I've spoke to a lot of local bands and a lot of people who've been in local bands for such a long time, and you get a lot of in our men, a lot of people who are trying to source like the next big thing. And I've been told for the last 10 years that this is the centre of the UK and in England. This area between here and Newcastle is, is where you find. I mean, look... Off the top of your head, Sam Fender. Yeah. He's just gone from nowhere to he's boomed. Yeah, Little Mix. Yeah, it's. Yeah. He's number one on Radio One's playlist.
4: Joe McElveen. Who was the other one? There's some proper old ones.
0: Proper. Joe McElveen.
4: Yeah, Joe McElveen still really amazing. Still doing really well. Who else? Is there from the Northeast round here? That's been absolutely spot on. Dave Stewart. Yeah.
0: David Stewart, I think probably I would predict. I bet he'll play at the auditorium.
1: We would very much like him to.
4: Very oh, much yeah, like that him face too. Smile,
1: is, that, is that a name drop there? But also, <laughs> like very people who are like still country. very much in the city, you know, like the Future Heads and hmm. Field Music and Frankie and the Heartstrings. That's and cool there's some amazing, you know, Nadine Shah is just up Emily the road. Emily Sandy. Emily Sandy. Absolutely, come to of the now university here yeah. and, and working in the university. You know, it'd be amazing to get her here. That would be amazing. So could the so, auditorium
0: actually, yeah, be big enough to have like a kind of a festival? You know, we've had Sunnyside. Oh, uh,
1: Sounds of Sunderland, that's just
4: cute.
0: Sounds of Sunderland, yeah, could have do that That take. was very so. good.
1: The thing that is most exciting about the auditorium, I think, I mean, there's lots of exciting things about the auditorium, but one of the things that I'm most excited about is the fact that you've got that venue in there that you can use. You've got this space here, which it feels like it's a different building at the moment, but give it 18 months, you'll be able to walk through a door there into the auditorium. You've got the studios upstairs, you've got the courtyard at the back, and then you've got that lovely space out the front as well, so... Actually, your ability to be able to have a number of different bands on at the same time or to have, you know, so you can start. Smart human you are. (laughs) You can start thinking about it as a space where you have lots of different things happening at once, not just one gig or one band. You can have different things happening. So, yeah, absolutely. You could do an amazing weekend festival here um, with lots of different activities happening in the different spaces. And that's something we would love to see happen.
0: It's going to happen. It will happen. It will it's happen ha- they they spend happen.
1: £11 million to make it happen. <laughs> it's going to happen.
4: <laughs> I know that you mentioned about when the auditorium's going to be up, but, but one gap that seems to be, particularly, it's something my dad says, is the empire is very focused on musicals and there isn't a big, like, straight theatre. Is there going to be a more sort of straight, sort of actual plays once the auditorium's up?
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So I think... We know that the auditorium, whatever it does, it it, it needs to complement the, the offer at the Empire, which l- loads of people love. But I think there is a real gap in the city for contemporary theatre new theatre, new writing, more kind of political and issue-based theatre. So I think it'll... And, and also stuff, you know, young people's theatre, youth theatre, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I think it'll position itself more there in terms of its offer. But yeah, absolutely, like, you know, you're kind of more contemporary new plays that sort of
2: stuff it's,
0: it's kind of the i would agree with you the empire is almost like it's our own local west end isn't it we are in doing that we are creating a big void of gap and maybe that's what the auditorium is going to be
4: so is there anything in the pipeline that you can drop for next year 2020 you apart from get the auditorium little, Why, aye, a, a I getting out. the auditorium 2021 20,
1: 2020 2020 we're doing a lot of arts projects visual arts projects in 2020 so we are part of a very exciting project with the museum where for people who love art there's an amazing collection called the arts council collection which has got 8,000 different works by all of the top name british contemporary artists so if you're into Tracy Emin, David Hockney, Damien Hirst, Bridget <gasps> Riley—like you know, the kind of the, yeah. the, the game-changing artists. Sunderland is one of three partners in the country, along with Newlyn and Cornwall and Colchester in Essex, that have got a special partnership with the Arts Council Collections. So we're going to be bringing loads of that work to the city over the next three years into the museum so i'm really excited about that and working with young people in sunderland to give them access to that collection and enable them to start thinking about the kind of art they might like to bring into the city so it's not your music um, music's happening here but i'm really excited about that at the moment that's happening
4: because we've just had the back in the last year the leonardo da vinci yeah but so that was uh, amazing yeah how
1: did, did we land that? So those Leonardo's are part of the Royal Collection, so they are the then Queen's. We're amazing. <laughs> and the Royal Collection Trust came to Sunderland and asked uh-huh. and asked if the city wanted to be involved in that project. So it was an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, thirty-three thousand people came to see those Leonardo sketches while they were here between February and May. So that was that
0: was amazing for the but city. People travelled from a long way to yeah. come because and see this. As well, right?
1: of, there was a lot of controversy
4: that Sunderland got it. Yeah. Lots of people were like, why is this in Sunderland? Why is it in Newcastle? And I remember going, "Bot off, we're better, Yeah, we're better. But I think people seem to forget about Sunderland, that we were here first. Sorry, yeah. no, we had the biggest shipping port first. So I was very proud that the royalty decided, no, we're going to put it here
1: <laughs> instead of in Newcastle.
0: Because you mentioned that you're not from the area, you're from London, but you've been here seven years.
1: Oh, no, I've been here longer than that. I've been here 11 years, but I've been working in Sunderland.
0: Are you surprised at what Sunderland is? Because obviously you're involved with everything that you've mentioned. From somebody who's not from the area and you're from London and everyone probably has an opinion of what Sunderland might be like if you're not from there are you surprised at how much energy is here and how much we can achieve
1: I'm just trying to think back up to like with my husband we moved back up to the northeast because he grew up in County Durham he knows the area really well and we used to come up and see family who weren't necessarily in Sunderland but not far off from here but I remember like the first time going into Newcastle Airport and seeing the pictures you know how they have those big photos like welcome to the region mm. type yeah. like photos promotional photos now. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and there was. the This photo of the Wearmouth Bridge and the river and the view out to the river and me going my god where's that it's really beautiful before I'd ever been to the city just having this sort of sense of like the the coastline being really beautiful and kind of exciting and stuff and my my husband going oh that's Sunderland (laughs) but um if i'm honest before i moved to the northeast i didn't actually know that much about the place yeah. that sounds terrible doesn't it and i can't believe i'm saying that on a podcast but it's it's true no, it's I, di- fair. I didn't and i think one of the things we find when we're talking to people is people think more people should know about it the beaches the culture the music all of that kind of thing and it's not so much i was surprised but maybe i just didn't have any expectations mm. that makes
4: sense
0: yeah 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 it's...
4: well you're making it better thank, thank you you're doing a very good job as well <laughs>
0: I oh, genuinely can't wait, it's, it's something that's, it's like, um, for me it's like a, a really big, it's like your middle jigsaw piece, Yeah. or oh, it's that jigsaw piece you can't find and you've been looking for years and years and years, where the hell has it gone, and suddenly you've found it and ah it fits, oh look at that picture, that's what that picture's all about, and that's I think how important the auditorium is for me, and I, I, I do genuinely think it's going to be immense, and I think you probably need to extend it. <laughs>
1: next year, it. next year. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My name's Ruben Blue. When you had the City of Culture, the Hull, we were at King Inc and you actually brought a poet in to do a poetry reading rather than use poets from this place. We have great poets here. Why did you bring a poet in? I don't
1: know that. What event was that? Which poet was that?
2: Um, I can't remember. She even had a pre-written poem. It was for King Inc. The thing was there was lots of annoyed poets there that night who didn't get a chance to use their poems for Sunderland. A poet was brought in like she'd always been there on that night. She'd never ever been there yeah. before. It was the first time. I, I, I can't remember who she was.
1: I- don't know what event that was so I'm sorry but I think what we've always thought in that sense of like working with artists in the city and bringing artists in is, is that for Sunderland it's important to do both, it's important to work with and platform and showcase amazing artists that are in the city but it's also important to uh, invite other people to come and visit and to do things here so I can't comment on that event because uh, I don't know okay. which one you're talking well, about. Did you but feel
2: that a lot of artists and poets were ignored in Sunderland?
1: I think we've been doing a lot of work with writers and, and artists in the city and I think there's some amazing artists and writers in the city we've got a piece coming up in a couple of weeks time where we've got Three Sunderland-based writers who are creating new pieces of theatre at the museum, and the work that Ian Rowan has been doing in terms of creative writing festivals and the Homestead Writers Group. There's loads of stuff happening in the city. I don't think that means that Sunderland shouldn't invite, like any city, invite other artists from further afield in as well as that. You know, it's part of the kind of cultural confidence of the city that both things happen.
3: You're right that uh, a lot of things do come from conversations, and I've been listening a lot to people in Sunderland talking about things over the past year. I think one of the things that I've noticed is that there seems to be a very real disconnect between everyday people and uh, the arts. I've heard a lot of people talking about helping people to find their voice is, is kind of like something that, that is kind of needed. So I think oh, there's no difference, yeah. you know, like the, they just have the confidence and the ability to express. Yeah. So So I, I kind of feel like. What the artists are expressing in Sunderland should reflect what the people of Sunderland are feeling and then also it should be a a two-way street yeah you know
1: i agree with you i think um sometimes we create a false divide between people who define themselves as artists and people who define themselves as not artists but there are some amazingly creative people who wouldn't necessarily define themselves as artists but who have amazing creative ideas and one of the things that I think is really important is that In a city, there's whether you're a professional artist or an amateur artist or someone who's just finding what it is they love and what it is they're passionate about, that there's lots of different opportunities for people to get involved in different ways.
3: I think, in my opinion, one of the things that that really prevents people from connecting with art is just that they're not seeing it in the world around them. So one suggestion that I might have, but before this venue opens, it might be a good opportunity to, to start to try to do things in Sunderland where people see it and perhaps it becomes more commonplace for them and then they start to see, well, actually uh, this is something that's relevant to me and I like it because once things become less strange and unusual they become less frightening to people, you know?
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's about stuff happening in venues, out of venues, on the street, things that people kind of walk past that they don't necessarily know they're going to go and see. I think it's about all of that and I also think it's about people discovering the types of music they love to play so like opportunities to join a you know whether it's a guitar group or a ukulele group or a choir or you know all of that sort of thing there's some amazing work in see thinking particularly of some amazing work that's happening with young musicians in the city and young songwriters in the city and that sort of thing is so important because that is about people discovering their own creativity but it's also the thing that's going to drive people to be curious about what those professional artists are doing in that venue you know so i absolutely agree with you
0: Listening to you is, is fantastic, by the way, but one thing I feel immensely is you are all really passionate about what you do, and I love the fact that you can be honest about your opinions and be passionate to give that honest opinion as well. But in that passion should come success, though, because if you're that passionate, surely good things are going to happen. I'm an optimist. I
3: think that if you can be passionate, then you've already succeeded. So good life. I think that... That's it's a up. It's up to the people. People who are most. <laughs> I think the people who are most confident in expressing their passion, almost have a responsibility to, to do that, so that other people can see that even if they can't express it as well, everyone can enjoy it together.
2: Exactly. See, this is why I love Sumland. My poetry and art comes from living in the northeast, living in London, being homeless. It's more than a passion for me. It's my life. And I think a lot of people in Sunderland have that in them, but just don't do anything about it. I've read people's work who would never write poetry, but they did, but they keep it hidden in a drawer. We need to draw that out. We need to draw the artists, the poets, the writers, even the actors out of Sunderland
0: before we lose them. Can I just say on that, and I am truly saying this sitting on the fence because I won't take an opinion or a side, sorry, but I'm old enough to remember what we had here 30 years ago. We had nothing. We had the Empire Theatre, which again is brilliant. And we've got so much more now. And there is this momentum going. We're getting more venues. We're getting more interaction with people. We've got more artists coming out of. The sorry to use the word. They are literally coming out of the woodwork. We're finding these talented people and we're, we're tapping them on the shoulder saying, You're actually quite talented. Come here.
4: And there's been quite a few people on this podcast who have been artists, poets. Singers, songwriters that have came here and have made different connections and Mm. said things to the right people and things are happening I have to admit being sat here right next to Rebecca who is one of the forefront of the change of Sunderland I feel like her and her team have done a cracking job Because Stevie hit the nail on the head a couple of like 10, 20 years ago there was no.
0: didn't have anything
4: Like literally nowt but all of that talent was there and because they've got these opportunities and said, look, hello, what do you do? Or you have come out and they went, you're good. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now, if I'm honest. So I'm really pleased and I feel like we're doing a great job. Well, thank you very much, Miss Rebecca Ball. You are absolutely phenomenal and my favorite ball. Sorry, Ian, favorite <laughs> ball. And you've been stuck between two balls. How do uh, you feel?
0: I'm not really, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm, I'm fighting. Fire- I'm fire- like better brought up than you are not not with that type of comment that's true it's been for me personally it's been fantastic because like I've already mentioned I think it's going to slot into this little jigsaw piece that we've been waiting for and I mean that is genuinely so let's just see if that's going to happen it will so
4: thank you very much creative director Rebecca Ball for having us
5: Speak Up Sunderland was hosted by Betty Ball and Stevie B and produced by me, Jay Sykes. A huge thank you to Rebecca Ball, the Creative Director of Sunderland Culture, for joining us live at the Fire Station. And of course, thank you to the staff at the Fire Station for allowing us to use their premises as a new recording venue. We are proud to be working in partnership with the Fire Station and look forward to hosting many more events there. And if you would like to join us at one of our live recordings, absolutely free, then you can do so. Head to speakupsunderland.com forward slash live to find out about the latest events. Thanks to all the other voices involved in today's episode. You heard questions asked by Ruben Blue, Adam O'Wellen and Lizzie Haregreaves. Our theme tune was created by Timecrawler82 and our new logo and branding is by Georges Vinicio. I'm not originally from Sunderland, as you can probably tell by my voice, but I have grown to love this city. This podcast is proudly produced in Sunderland for Sunderland.